You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's time for your weekly trip around the bases with your hometown team. It's Inside Twins, where we dive into the minds of the guys in charge for insight, information, and analysis. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamonds, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins. I am live here in Houston, Texas, gearing up for the final game and the rubber game of this three-game series coming up about an hour from now. Twins and the Astros. Kyle Gibson today for the Twins and right-hander Mike Fires throwing for Houston. Uh, the Twins winning last night 4-2 after dropping the opener here on Friday 10-5. We welcome you to Inside Twins. You can reach us in two ways via email, InsideTwins at TwinsBaseball.com or on Twitter, hashtag InsideTwins. Joining us for our Sunday program over the telephone today, we welcome in the vice president, assistant GM of the ball club, as we say good afternoon to Rob Antony. Rob, how are you? I'm doing well, Corey. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Nice to visit with you. First, how was your All-Star break? Did, did you even get one, or is there still so much to do even though there's no games being played? Oh, I would consider having a nice break. Uh, obviously, there's always things to do, so uh, there are plenty of phone calls going on all week, but I was able to do some work from home and spend a little time with the family, so it was a good good break. Yeah, a lot to get to on our show today, but I want to begin with something that uh, the Derek Falvey was telling us in the show last Sunday about, you know, conversations with other teams as the trade deadline draws even closer. You know, Derek made it sound like that he has, you know, 15 or 14 teams that he will communicate with and Thab will have the rest of the teams. What is your role right now, Rob, with the trade deadline looming a couple weeks away? Uh, the way a lot of things work is those guys ha- <clears throat> have conversations with other clubs, and as soon as they get off the phone, uh, we con- kind of congregate a group of us and we talk about what was discussed, and we keep a running tally of, of who has interest in whom and, and what might be fits for us, and a lot of us will be doing work, checking out, calling our scouts, uh, backing up our scouting reports to kind of see and and rank some of the order of what we might want back in a trade. And, and uh, a lot of it's phone calls between us, as well as kind of uh, behind the scenes. Sometimes I'll talk with my counterparts with other clubs, and we'll just get an exchange of ideas of what uh, they might be looking to do, as well as what we might be looking to do. Is the mindset drastically different from the front office perspective about what you would like to add to this team, knowing that you're not just chasing a wild card spot, Rob, that the division it's right there as well, only a game and a half back. With that said, are you more aggressive because you're not just chasing maybe just a potential one game, you know, wild card, that there's a divisional crown that could be here for this team? Yeah, I think uh, I don't, I'm not sure we expected to be in this position when the season started. We were hoping to make significant improvement over last year, and we certainly have done that. It's a little bit like 2015 in that no one's running away from the, uh, with the division, so. We're right there, and as you said, we're in there for the mix for the Central Division as well as the wild card. So as we approach a deadline, we're going to be looking at possibly adding to see what we can do to help this club continue to stay in the mix. Uh, But you also always have an eye on 18 and 19 and beyond, and what we're trying to do is build sustainability and and have a winning team 
uh, year in and year out. So if something comes up that makes sense that we think we can help build around the nucleus of, of what we have, then we have to look at that as well. I'm not sure how specific you, you can be, but I have to ask, as you as you mentioned, looking to add, what area, if not areas, do you see as this is where we need to, to be aggressive and hopefully add on to our club here for the last two and a half months? Well, I think every club's looking for pitching. You know, we get calls about our pitching. We make calls to other teams about their pitching. We would love to maybe add another starter. Um, and also, if we can get a an, an, uh, bullpen arm, that would be, uh, I think, helpful. We've we've really had to tax our bullpen, I think, a lot this year. Um, we started off strong where our starters were giving us innings, and now we've kind of run into a situation where it's a little bit of an unknown after uh, Barrios and Santana. Um, obviously, Jose's had a few rough starts here of late, but uh, we're hoping he bounces back in Santana. You kind of saw last night the difference between a rookie with a lot of talent and a veteran with a lot of talent. And last night, Santana was able to manage his way through innings, get out of trouble uh, by making pitches. He didn't lose any composure. Just a, a veteran-type guy who, when he runs into situations against a very deep lineup, is able to get out of it. And I think Brees will get there as well. He's just young and needs a little more experience, and he'll be able to do that in the future as well. Hey, Rob, one final thought before we take our first break, and uh, we'll wrap up the segment with the trade conversation that we've had so far today. Do you view anybody as untouchable, whether it's a big league player or a prospect? Is everybody, do you have to be open-minded in everybody, or is there kind of a list of guys you know that, hey, uh, we don't care what potential offer comes our way, we're not parting with certain individuals with this organization? Well, you always want to be open-minded, but it would take an awful lot probably for us to do something with a handful of our guys that we consider the nucleus and guys that we're going to try and build around. But if somebody comes at you and they offer you uh, a lot, that that makes you really think about it and, and can address a lot of pitching issues especially. And you think you can get maybe a top-line starter or two out of a deal, you have to consider something like that. But I think it would it would take a lot for us to move a handful of our core guys. Right, we'll take our first break. We'll come back and dive into Bartolo Colon. He will start for the Twins on Tuesday night. We'll get Rob's thoughts on that and uh, also what uh, he, he saw with Colon and his start Thursday night with AAA Rochester. Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond. Home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field rolls on next on your home for Twins baseball. You're listening to the pregame lineup card on the alternative channel Go 96.3. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Provis in Houston. Rob Anthony, the Twins Vice President, Assistant GM, joining us on the telephone here today for our Sunday program. And, uh, Rob, we learned officially before the game last night that Bartolo Colon will make his Twins debut Tuesday night at Target Field against the Yankees. Thursday night, Bartolo pitched, had a start with Triple A Rochester. He did not go four innings, three and two thirds, four runs. He struck out five. Uh, Paul was saying that the defense did not make some plays behind him. Uh, but your takeaway from uh, what you saw with Bartolo watching the game on Thursday night? Uh, he looked a little rusty, to be honest. He had been off for a few weeks. He threw 76 pitches, and I think we kind of had a 75 count on him, and that's why we pulled him after three and two-thirds. But 
he had some good touch on his, his change-up. The velocity is about 85 to 89. He's not going to overpower guys anymore like he did when he was younger and throwing 100. But uh, he can command his fastball. He mixes in his, his curveball. And like I say, he had good touch with his change-up. We could have played better defense behind him. Uh, but he needs to keep the ball down, obviously. Uh, when you don't have the velocity uh, that you used to have, you need to pitch down in the zone, move that ball in and out. He does move it in and out. He can add and subtract a little bit, um, but he's going to have to keep the ball down, and it's not going to be much of an easy task when you face the lineup like the Yankees right out of the chute. Part of the dialogue that, uh, that the Twins had with Bartolo and his agent or agents about uh, possibly joining the organization, was he guaranteed just one start in the minor leagues before he'd get his big league chance? Yeah, as much as anything, we wanted to make sure that he was healthy, he felt good, and we we told him, you go make a start, everything goes well, uh, it'll be a 75-pitch limit, and if everything goes well, then, then uh, we'll either bring you up, or if we don't see something that, uh, that we like, then we, we would go ahead and let him go, but um, we saw enough, and we believe that you know, this guy had a pretty good year last year, and for whatever reason, he really struggled in Atlanta and, and maybe a change of scenery and, and bouncing over here and seeing some different hitters. Uh, he can get something going and get on a little bit of a roll, and you're kind of hoping to catch lightning in a bottle a little bit. And We're in a position right now where we don't have that fifth starter that you say you're, you're really comfortable with. He made a couple spot starts for us. He's not really ready. He pitched very well in his first outing and then kind of got hit hard the second time, but uh, we have a lot of confidence that he's going to be a good pitcher for us, but um, you, you'd rather have a veteran out there, somebody that can take the ball and maybe give you five, six innings and keep you in the game. And there's really no risk, too, from a twin standpoint, right? Because the money that he is owed by Atlanta, that's not changing. Uh, the twins Correct. sign him for the minimum. So there's really very little risk when you look at it, obtaining and, and giving Cologne a chance right now. No, absolutely. We're just paying the prorated of the minimum for him for the rest of the season. And he looked at it, and he had offers from several clubs, and he looked at our situation and saw that we have a chance to try and get in the playoffs. And, and I know he talked with Irvin Santana, and, and uh, Irvin had nothing but good things to say about the organization and, and being over here. And, and the next call he made was to us to say, I'm ready to go. Let's go. So um, we brought him over here, and we'll see what happens. I'm glad you mentioned Felix Jorge, uh, another guy that's part of that double-A team, Fernando Romero. How close could he be to possibly making a spot start up here without any triple-A seasoning? Could he be a guy that, that, like Jorge, if the timing was right, that could kind of springboard up to the big leagues if you need a spot start somewhere along the way here? Yeah, there, there's no doubt that before the end of the season, depending upon how things go or where we're at, you could see a Fernando Romero or a Steven Gonsalves uh, up here because, number one, Gonsalves throws strikes, and he he's much more of a, uh, I won't say finesse guy because he would get it into the low to mid-90s, um, but he really knows how to pitch, and Romero has some stuff. I mean, he'll, he'll touch 99 and pitch in the mid to upper 90s, um, he's still a little bit young. He missed an entire season after Tommy John. So uh, he does not have as many innings and as much experience at the minor league level. He has the stuff maybe to succeed up here, um, but I'm not sure he has the experience and everything else that goes along with it to succeed right now. 
Uh, we'll take a break, come back. We'll dive into some more discussion about the Twins and shift the conversation to offense when we come back. Rob Anthony joining us inside Twins and your home for Twins baseball. Hey, this is Max Kepler. You're listening to the home for the Minnesota Twins. Go 96.3, the modern alternative channel. Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Rolls on from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. A warm Sunday afternoon. Roof closed per usual here this time of year down here in the Lone Star State. Kyle Gibson today for the Twins and Mike Fires throwing for the Astros. Corey Provis back with Rob Anthony who joins us on the telephone. Rob, uh, let's kind of shift the conversation to some offensive players right now. And you have probably seen... Jorge Polanco play at many different levels throughout his professional career. Have you ever seen him struggle like this offensively over a given period of time? Because this doesn't look like anything we've seen from Polanco, big leagues, even some of his minor league numbers. Yeah, no, I think Jorge's going through a stretch now where you're right, he's never struggled offensively, and he's he's kind of fighting it last night on the, that strikeout. I've never seen him take a swing like that. He has really good strike zone judgment and uh, he chased that ball down and in with an awkward swing and I'm not sure his head's really in the game right now I think he's got a lot of things going on and his head's spinning a little bit right now trying to trying to figure out what's going on but uh, he's a very hard worker he's a very intelligent kid who I know he's going to figure this out uh, but he is going through a tough time and we've seen all our young players at one time or another go through it but this is the first time he's really struggled like this offensively in his career. Yeah, he made a key defensive play up the middle last night about midway through the game, but has his lack of hitting, has that impacted his defense at times? Yeah, I think so. I think the last few weeks he hasn't made a few plays or that he would have earlier in the season. Um, I, I thought his he's he's been probably better defensively overall during the course of the season than maybe anticipated and, and uh, not as good offensively as we expected, but um, it's encouraging that the defense has come along, and he's played a pretty solid shortstop for us. But uh, when he starts swinging again, he's a guy who can get hot and, and uh, turn that thing around pretty quickly. Now, Byron Buxton's injury just seemed to come at a horrible time. Buxton was having a good month, Rob, and we saw an aggressive approach as he kind of continues to tinker with his mechanics. And you lose a guy with some confidence right now, not to mention maybe the best center field play in the American League this season. So that's a, that's a bad break for Buxton with a groin injury. Do you think this will linger beyond 10 days? Uh, I'm not sure, but we need to make sure that we don't let it. We don't rush him back too soon where it does linger or he re-aggravates it. He's out for an extended period of time. Um, you're right. He was really, really going well, and you could see his confidence growing every day. He has a tremendous relationship with James Rossum, and, and Rudy Hernandez, are hitting coaches, and they've done a great job with him because they've just broken down little by little, not throwing too much at him and just making minor adjustments week by week and making it a process and letting him understand that, um, you know, this doesn't change overnight, and he's really bought in and, and made those minor adjustments, and now he's starting to, to see the benefits and, and the rewards of that, and it's just a shame that he came up with this injury now because he was really starting to swing the bat well. What about some other injury updates? Guys uh, rehabbing right now, Justin Haley and Craig Breslow. Uh, any plan for Hector Santiago to uh, to throw in a game here in the near future? Uh, not in the near future. I, 
uh, there's no plan in place just yet. We're hoping hopefully in the next few weeks that he will be pitching in a game. He will probably have to go out on a rehab assignment, I would guess. Um, Haley pitched and uh, went five innings, only gave up three hits and no runs, no walks. Uh, I believe last or night before last, and uh, he's throwing the ball well. He's, he's getting closer and closer, so I would uh, expect that he could be available to us maybe in the next week or so. Um, and what about Breslow? Breslow's pitched uh, twice in, in Rochester, and I would say he's getting pretty close, too. He has not had any setbacks and is feeling pretty good. So uh, he may, may need another outing or two, but uh, I think he's available to us probably pretty soon. So this could be another busy week when you look at transactions. Uh, you know, Haley and Breslow, you know, those guys seem to be close. Is this the kind of week where you expect some activity just looking at and the 25-man roster, guys coming off the uh, disabled list and guys left to be sent out? Yeah, unfortunately, we've had a lot of activity every week, Corey. It seems like we're moving guys up and down all the time, and some of that is the change to the 10-day disabled list because if a guy's going to be out three, four, five days, you're just as soon put him on the DL, give him those extra days, whereas if he was going to be out for 15 days, that's a little different deal than a, uh, the way it used to be. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm sure if these, when guys start getting healthy and we're ready to activate them and bring them back, um, there's going to be some more shifting around. Hopefully you don't mind those moves as much as when guys are ineffective and you've got to constantly juggle guys around and try and plug some guys in to see who can get the job done. All right, we'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field, next on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the pregame lineup card on the alternative channel, Go 96.3. Last couple minutes of Inside Twins brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Provis in Houston. Rob Anthony joins us for our last segment on the telephone. Kyle Gibson today, Rob, on the mound. His first start out of the All-Star break. His last one wasn't great. Uh, leading up to the break on July 9th, he gave up seven runs in four innings. And, you know, Gibson will have a good one and then kind of a clunker or two before finding it once again. What's key for Kyle today, Rob? Not picking out the zone, getting ahead, throwing strikes. Um, I think I think Kyle just needs to attack more. And when he does that, uh, he seems to, to do just fine. But you're right, he's been extremely inconsistent, and I think He'd be the first to admit that. Hopefully he can he can be aggressive in the zone. He's facing a tough lineup, but he can't pick and try and be too fine or he's just going to get himself in trouble behind in the count, and you can't do that against a team like the Astros. Yeah, this team is something else, and we've seen the Astros, of course, at Target Field now here this weekend, and 61 wins. That leaves all American League clubs. There's just so much to like about the makeup of this Houston team. Isn't it, Rob, because it's power? There's speed, but they don't strike out, not to mention their pitching staff strikes out opposing hitters. There's just so many pluses with this Houston team, isn't there? Yeah, no question. They have to be a team that uh, teams can that could win the World Series. There's there's no doubt they're a championship-caliber type team. There's, there's no easy outs in that lineup. You don't get a break from one through nine, and they throw some good arms at you in the, out of the pen as well as in the rotation. Uh, so they, they're definitely going to be a team to be reckoned with before this thing's over. 
Hey, Rob, thanks for the time as always, and we'll see you at the ballpark this week. Sounds good, Corey. Thanks for having me. Uh, we thank Rob Anthony for his time. We thank you for tuning in to Inside Twins. Always fun to bring this program to you here on our Sunday afternoon. Stay tuned. Chris is the pregame show coming up momentarily. Then it's Game 3, Twins and the Astros at 110 Central Time. Gibson for the Twins and Mike Fires for the Astros. Stay tuned. More to come right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.